what I have learned about astrology is if I get into my lane and follow the astrology, I'm going to feel fulfilled. I feel fulfilled. And that matters to me. At this very moment, you're entering the vortex of Mystic Podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Mystic Podcast. Welcome to the Vortex. This is Daniela and I have an amazing guest with me today that I can't wait to introduce to you. But before I say that, welcome to June. Oh my God, I can't believe we're in 2021 in June already. Oh my God, this whole year has gone by so fast and it's fascinating everything that's been happening personally internally and externally in the outer world crazy times yet so much awakening happening collectively like the things that i've been able to witness this last you know few months in this year oh my gosh i'm am i the only one i don't think so anyway this conversation is going to get us deeper into the craziness of this time in earth or on earth because Monique, who is our guest today, is oh, such a fascinating woman. Really, really, really. I mean, this is one of my favorite conversations in the, in the podcast because we just have such a deep yet, you know, mystic conversation. So just so you know, Monique, let me introduce her to you. Monique is a spiritual life coach and she helps people heal from broken hearts, painful childhood experiences, neglect and abandonment, self-sabotage and more. Monique is also an astrologer and she's an amazing healer and tarot reader and we just move into so much. Her story is eye-opening, her world is fascinating and this is really a deep conversation into different ways of seeing the world, into paradoxes, into so much. This woman has so much wisdom to share with all of us and her story literally changes you as you listen to it. So without further ado, let's go right in. Monique, thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here, Danielle. I am so excited to kind of enter your world and to pick your brain and to enter, you know, your perception of astrology, your perception of healing, your perception of um, evolution. Yes, all my favorite topics. Yes, and I am so excited to just kind of dive in and to just give, you know, everybody that's listening a little bit of a scoop of you. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, what brought you into astrology, where you come from, just a little bit of a background to get us started. Okay, great. So again, my name is Monique, and I'm happy to be here. I just want to let the listeners know that I have cats, so if they hear my cats in the background... Um, they just have a lot to say. So I just want to say thank you for that. <laughs> Wonderful. I, I have two Siamese kittens. So I um I grew up in I was born in the States in Los Angeles, California, to parents who were young, like my mother was seventeen when she had me and my father was six years older than her, so he was twenty three or twenty four. And it was in the sixties at the time, like I I was born just after the um 
Watts riots, the the murder of Dr. King and Malcolm X and John F. Kennedy. So all of those things were present in the psyche of my community. All of this sort of death, there was a lot of homelessness, a lot of um, just a lot of economic depression. And there was just a lot of sadness and there were people, everybody was sad. I, I remember mm. being a little girl wondering, why is everybody so sad? What is happening? Like, and feeling like it was my job to fix it. That's what I felt. Wow. Um, and not like, I didn't know how I was going to fix it or anything like that, but I just knew that I, that I was somehow responsible in some way. I did not know how, but I was. And because it seemed to me that I was the only one who realized that everything was totally bad. So it's like, if I'm the only one who realizes everything is bad, then I'm the one who has to fix it because other people don't realize (laughs) it's bad. They Mm -hmm. don't see the problem. I saw the problem as a child. Right. Um, And so I really spent my early childhood, um, trying to figure out how to escape the poverty, the depression, the sadness. Like I just, and I realized that I couldn't do it the way other people were doing it. So I didn't want to become a drug user. I Mm. didn't want to end up in jail. I didn't want to use relationships as places to go play out my addictions. And so I just had to get really clear and, and I messed up a lot. I, I messed up a lot because I didn't have any examples. So I had to figure it out. So when I was about 21 years old, my grandmother died. And that's when I started my healing journey. Because when my grandmother died, I realized that, oh, the, the person who would come and rescue me if I did anything bad. Oh, is gone. (laughs) You know, my enabler has, has gone, has left the dimension and gone to another realm. So I had to really quickly discover and learn how I was going to take responsibility for myself, my feelings, my actions, and my choices. And I started just like looking, I started praying I started and and I realized really quickly that Christianity organized religion wasn't it for me at all that this relationship that I had been taught as a Christian as a black little girl around Jesus Christ was tainted with racism and um tainted with racism and and power struggles and just didn't resonate as true for me at all I never believed that Jesus Christ was my Lord and Savior. I couldn't Mm. believe it. It just seemed like a lie. So I didn't take it on, but I did love God. So it was very confusing for me because I had a deep love for God. I deeply wanted to be of service in my community, and I didn't know how. I, I had to figure out what that meant. And so I started doing the work to heal myself. I started studying um, non-traditional religions. Like I started studying religious science. Um, I started studying Hinduism. I started studying Islam. I just started studying because I needed to find God. 
because mm-hmm. I knew that only God could help, but it wasn't through Jesus Christ. It, that wasn't it <laughs> for me. Right. Um, cause it didn't work to me. And so I spent years really suffering, honestly, suffering, trying to find the solution to my own inner turmoil, which was very similar to my parents and my family in the community that I grew up in. But I wasn't an addict. I wasn't a criminal. Or I hadn't been, I hadn't defined myself as a criminal. I did a lot of things that were criminal is what I, you know, like I I stole, I, I lied. I did a lot of things that humans do when they are short-sighted and desperate. Mm -hmm. That's what I'll say. Right. I did a lot of that. And, um, and then one day my mother died. My mother died when I was 29 years old. What I now knew was I was in my Saturn return, but I didn't know that then because... Oh my, (laughs) that must have been quite a time. I am so sorry. Yes. It was a really challenging time, but it changed Mm. my life. I realized that I had to really take my healing seriously after my mother died. And so I went into therapy and I started really doing deep spiritual work to heal myself. I started looking at my family patterns, family structures, um, my own choices. And then when I was, I didn't really find astrology. So this is when I was about 29 and I really started studying spiritual psychology and things to really help me heal. But I didn't find astrology until I was maybe, maybe almost like 15 years later, I found astrology 15 years later. Yes, when I was like 44, I found astrology. And when I found astrology, I realized this was the missing link. I was mm. like, oh, this this is like a magnifying glass. This helps me realize why I'm getting it wrong. And what I saw really quickly was that we're conditioned to do things socially that are engineered by the culture. Like everyone should go to college. Everyone should do this. And I realized that in astrology, this is all about being unique. Like we're not here to follow everyone else. We're here to be true to ourselves. So one of the, the easiest ways I found it is that I spent a lot of time yearning for relationship, for romantic relationship. And creating scenarios that were painful that didn't work for me emotionally spiritually and romantically because I was trying to fix something when I learned my astrology I realized oh you're not here to be in a romantic relationship oh you're here to be very loyal to yourself you're here to be almost selfish and like self-centered in a way that women are not encouraged to be. Yeah. I have my north node I have my north node in Aries and Aries is all me 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 and I was really trying to like take care of other people and help people like me and what can I do and when I started understanding my astrology I was like oh you're misusing the energy you're going in the wrong direction. Mm. And so the astrology helped me to see that I was in 
an energetic place that had me lost. I was lost inside of my oh, this own. This is so interesting. Yes. Inside of my own psyche, I was lost. And so I had to find myself by following my astrology. And what I did was I started following the cycles of the moon where the new and full moon were to begin to restore myself to my original diagram, so to say. Because as I studied cosmology, I realized that nothing is ever lost. Everything is always as it should be, even if we're misaligned. So I was able to go back and align myself through healing the trauma with my parents, through understanding why it was I was seeking relationship and love and why I would have these obsessions in love relationships, understanding that that was just the trauma that was living in my body from my parental experience. I was playing out their cycles in my own life. And I realized that through my astrology, then I got to start start doing the prayer work and the the rituals to help me get into a new energetic dimension, so to say, you know, so it's like understanding what my mother didn't understand and then finishing that in my psyche, completing her experience in my psyche, because as mothers, we pass it down to our children yeah. and then understanding my connection to my father and what that dynamic was. My father and I were born on the same day. So I was able to really start to look at the mythology of my astrology, right? And understand that my father was somebody who was very, um, like he was anchored in patriarchal um, patriarchal belief systems. Like men are more powerful than women. Men are dominant. And we've seen mm. this all over the world. This is not... We're all in this in some way. So I started to see how it was that I was playing it out and how I was playing it out between my father and I. And I just started doing the rituals to heal it, to understand why he was the way he was, not judging him, not making him wrong, healing it inside of myself, the belief system that the feminine is weak. Then I started learning what it meant to really have feminine power. What is feminine power? What mm -hmm. is it? And I started to realize feminine power is intuition. It's ritual. It's nature. It's the unspoken. Um, it's the subconscious. It's the dream world. And that is even more powerful than the physical world reality because everything comes from the feminine. Mm -hmm. Everything is unseen before it's seen. Everything, like when a, when a woman first gets pregnant, that embryo is a female before it takes on the chromosome to become a male. So everything is feminine before it is masculine. And everything comes from the feminine. And that just changed my whole trajectory. That just changed the way I felt about myself, the way I moved through the world, the way I communed with nature. Like I realized, oh, this is something significant. To be a woman is really something. And and we have it upside down in our culture. It's upside oh, yeah. down, right? 
Um, and then I started really understanding what it meant to be black in this country, in America, and the heritage of that and the lineage of that. And I started doing ancestral work. And my ancestors made it very clear to me that this experience is not a mistake. It is a very powerful experience that allows us as black people who are from the continent through the slave trade, it allows us to really, if we can transmute the trauma, it will, we will reveal incredible gifts and powers and um, abilities that Mm -hmm. we, that have been used to build this country. Like black people built this country, you know? And so now it's like my ancestors have been helping me get my power back because it's a mental agreement. Like when, like one of the things I saw, it was like black people spent like a hundred or so years working and getting no money in return. Do you understand the psychological conditioning of that? <laughs> it's it's impossible to even comprehend that kind of, you know, psychic and psychological conditioning. That's right. To that. That's I think right. you know, it's it's it would be taking away so much if if we would say it's comprehensible. That's right. Thank you for saying that. So I started to realize like, oh, that's the value conversation here. That's why black people give everything away for free. That's why our communities are suffering, but other communities are thriving because we don't have a real sense of value innately. It was, it was, it was um, diminished early on. So I've been working to get that back in my own psyche and, and teach others to do the same. But astrology helps me with all of it. Astrology is the solution to me. One of the solutions, not the only, but one of the solutions. So that's my journey. That's how I got to astrology. That's why I do what I do. And I love it. It's been hard. It's been hard, but the universe is very magical and everything is restored when we are able to accept the conditions of our journey with love and and trust that it's never a mistake. None of it was ever a mistake. It all served to further. And so now I'm here to help other people do the same, whomever, whomever they are, anyone who wants Mm. to work, I'm here for it. I'm like, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Monique, I could listen to you forever. This is such a powerful story. And it's so much that I couldn't reflect back in in your own story because I can feel it with like the energy and the Mm. truth and the integrity of everything that you're, that you're sharing and, you know, your own embodied wisdom of your story. is just, you know, extraordinary and one of the things that I I feel even for myself the understanding of of you know programming uh cultural programming like I I think just for me starting to understand how much is it connected to I I come from um from a Latin American country I come from Colombia and you know being a third world and things like that too it's really interesting the women's role and the men role and you know all this idea about um, our bodies and our bodies being, um, um, how do you say, like owned, it's really, really, really interesting. So, so I can't even comprehend what it is, you know, even if it's just me from that, from that side and in your side of, of, you know, the black community and all of that reprogramming, it's just, 
you know, remarkable to be able to see how much we're connected, not just like past, present and future is happening right now. Yes. And it's, and it's that, you know, understanding that we have the power, we don't need to go back, we don't need to go to, to the future, we can be right here and reprogramming and, and like literally work in the energetic level to shift things that it's not easy. I think it's important for everybody, even just listening to your story, a lot of the people that come to work uh, with me, and I'm sure you have had this experience too, or maybe not, but they come and they want one session and life changed in 60 minutes. And I'm like, that's taking away so much of your power. Like there's so much that there's not even anything to fix. It's just to even like dig in and to start to understand and to unravel and to bring clarity and to bring healing and understanding and acceptance. So, you know, as you're saying, the honoring of, of that, it's not easy right. when it comes to that story and the honoring that it takes time. It does. It does. It, there is a, um, I will say that my journey, my journey really started when I was eight years old. And I realized, like I said, when I was growing up in my community, I was like, everybody's sad. What is going on here? It did not make sense to me. But when I was eight, I really clearly through a Christian lens understood that I had, like, I remember saying, oh my God, I, I've inherited my father's sins. Like there's a Bible verse that says, the sins of the father will be passed down to the children and visited upon the children. And so at eight years old, right? It's like, so oh my God. we don't realize how powerful children are. Like they are, they don't have the life experience but they have these incredible awarenesses and wisdoms that we don't talk to them about and we don't understand what they're seeing and how they're perceiving the reality that they're in. And then they're making decisions about it. Yeah. That's what I did at eight years old. And I made a decision. We make contracts and decisions and we claim things. That's right. Come on, woman. Oh, I'm so happy you get it. Right. So at eight years old, I did that. And I took on my family karma. So I literally invited all of this unknowingly. I invited this energy to come to me to be the one to heal it. And my God did it. <laughs> it yeah. really did. And so it's important. And it took, you know, so at eight years old, I made this contract. And it took me until I was today to really clear it out. Honestly, today's the day I want to say I <laughs> like I literally about a month ago I was pulling some tarot cards and did a reading and the reading showed that I had broken a hex, like a family curse. Wow. And it took from 8 years old to 52 to do it. Well, congratulations. Thank That's you. quite our journey. Thank quite. you. <laughs> <laughs> not something to celebrate right and and it's and all of us can do it and we all need to do it and we all can do it I'm not special and here's how I have done it I've done it through praying and asking yeah. God to show me through sincerity and a willingness to be free from the pain you know and a willingness to to transmute the pain though because it's not just about being free from the pain because that's a desire, right? Free from pain often can just show up as a desire for comfort. Like I want to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. mm, sometimes comfort is overrated, you know? So sometimes comfort Indeed. traps us and makes us lazy and, and, and not able to really fulfill our potential because we're seeking to be comfortable. 
So that's not what I'm talking about when I talk about being pain-free. I mean, just letting go of the illusions, right? So the, the story. Illu- right. The stories of separation, right? So the stories that I'm not capable because I'm black or this doesn't, I can't have this in America because I'm, those are the stories that were, that I was traumatized by, like what it meant to be black. And when I was 38, I, I was pregnant and I, my son was diagnosed with Down syndrome. And when I was doing the work to get clear, like, why am I having a child who has, who has a quote unquote disability? And Spirit said, because you believe you have a disability. You believe you are disabled. And I was like, what do you mean? And I started doing the work with my therapist and I was like, oh, I believe that my blackness is a disability. Wow. And so now I need to heal that so that my child won't rest in an idea that he can't achieve his goals because he has this thing that, yeah, right? So it is a journey. This is a journey and it, it takes commitment. It takes a desire. It takes sincerity. Um, and it takes fortitude. But it's so worth it. Like now my life is so magical. I just want to say, like, I know I just shared a lot that's like painful, but my life is magical as fuck. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. My life is magical. The universe shows up for me day in and day out, moment by moment. I, my needs are always met. I have a, I have a intimate connection with my higher self. I don't, doubt anything any longer i am aligned and it is amazing it is worth Mm -hmm. it it is worth it it's so interesting because you know i feel like all of us move through a kind of transformation that we somehow want to avoid Mm -hmm. but that transformation whatever our journey is whatever our unique story and i'm not talking about programming and illusions I'm talking about you know the book that we're writing in this lifetime you know I feel like we avoided by comfort we avoided by you know just playing very safe and things like that you know forgetting that we literally came here to earth to not bypass a human experience and the human experience is quite an experience Mm -hmm. that is full of emotions and emotions in all range you know from from the ones that feel really and delicious and amazing in the body to the ones that feel like you're being ripped apart like all of that spectrum of, of emotions are part of the human and i feel you know the biggest the biggest pieces of my life that i have been you know, down to the knees when you're like, okay, what is the moment in which we really change and and look and seek for that next thing that is for us. So, you know, I think I've shared this before in the podcast. It's like, it's so crazy and bizarre that we've brought, we bring ourselves or we kind of have to bring ourselves to this point in our lives in which, okay, all right, I'll make a change so that we finally make a change. But, and, and at the end of the day, when we do make those changes and when we do, you know, find out what we're about, what, you know, what we're here to heal, what we're here to uncover, all of a sudden we find a life with guidance and love and alignment. And it's like, wait, what? (laughs) Yes, yes, you are right. It is, it's, it's breathtaking that experience to realize, Mm -hmm. like just yesterday, I have been really 
praying a lot for my family because I'm starting to see the evidence of the work that I've done in my family directly. The younger people are starting to come to me and they're all studying astrology and they Mm. are looking at their mothers and their fathers and how things worked out for them. And yesterday I was praying and asking spirit, like I, you know, throughout the day, my doubt can show up. And I said to spirit, I said to spirit, I'm so sorry. I need evidence again. Right. And, and, and I have, there are these birds in California that are not, um, they're not native of California. They're these parrots and they fly. They're like a lot of them and they fly and they're so noisy. They're like jungle birds from the jungle. Right. And they're noisy. And whenever they fly over, I know that that spirit telling me to celebrate, like celebrate. Mm. Everything is good. So I said in my prayer, I said, I need to hear the birds. I need to know you're listening. <laughs> and then I, and then I backed away. And I was like, no, 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 no. Cause, cause it was almost like, I was like, I hope like we've been doing this so long and I still need evidence again. I'm so sorry. Right. And spirit was like, it's okay. It's okay. And about an hour later, I have some food delivered and I go outside to get the food. And just as I open the door, those birds are flying over my house. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, ah, ah, and I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like, I'm never lost. I'm never alone. And there's something so wonderful to know that the field around me that's invisible is listening to me, Mm -hmm. is making sure that all my needs are met, is giving me all the information I need down to if I should take a bath or a shower if I want to, literally. yeah. My most intimate relationship is with my higher self. And it's it's powerful. Mm. It's it's that unseen realm that you know, we all talk about, we all palpate. And even when you were talking about, I didn't relate to Christianity. I didn't relate to Jesus, but I relate it to God. And at the end of the day, that God is that energy, right? That power, that connection. It's like, we all feel that however we want to call it. And, you know, I feel like it's, it's so distorted in, in the way of like the stories that we've been giving that we can't really put together with what we feel. It's like what we feel is one thing. And then the story is the other thing. And it's hard to put together, but, but uncovering all of that and knowing there is just this source, the source of energy that is around you yeah. that is listening and that is with you. And there's so much on that, you know, energetic realm that I believe that we still don't know about. And and it's hard for our third dimensional mind to even comprehend the wideness of energy and the wideness of the unseen realm. But one of the things that I want to ask you is talking about your journey and how that, that entire, you know, book that, I mean, you can write a book about and I will read it. I love it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But you know, the story that you're, our, writing with your own life mm-hmm. where there are times because I feel like a lot of people can hit a wall and, and maybe hit a wall physically or even mentally and, and want to give up mm-hmm. so was there a time in your journey or may, maybe many times in which you wanted to give up and, and you just did, couldn't see the light or couldn't really come out the other side and, and what was the thing that shifted you and moved you and, and, and made you continue oh my goodness girl let me tell you I gave up 17 times a day, every day. Or, <laughs> are you kidding? 
Like, give up with my middle fucking name. I'm sorry. My language is just like, I just, like, I'm totally fine. Right. So, literally, I, the astrology changed my life because I, I don't know if your audience does astrology or anything like that, but I have Pluto. Pluto is like the devil, and I had it conjunct my son. And, and so, literally, I'm I've I've been in this constant rebirthing and deathing that rebirth and death state all of my life. I stay in a a cycle of death and rebirth and it is agonizing. And Pluto would have me wanting to die. Like I was I was always on the verge of like some sort of internal suicide. Like mm-hmm. always negotiating if I was going to wake up tomorrow. Like for years, I remember it it finally really stopped when I was about 36 years old. I remember like I would just, okay, God, if it's not, you know, like don't wake me up in the morning. That's how these prayers would be. Like just let me, (laughs) right. Just let me sleep it off and never come back. And, Mm. um, and when I had my son, I was like, you never get to think about suicide again because you now have a child. That's the, that's it. You can't, there's no more. And so then I learned how to like, keep it at bay. I learned how to just push it away. Like, you know, but having a child with special needs would trigger it sometimes also because like, I couldn't get him into the schools that I thought were going to be best for him. And that would throw Mm. me into a tailspin or, when his father and I um, started breaking up, that threw me into a tailspin. But spirit would always come and sort of pull me out of it. But the astrology helped me realize, oh, you have the devil walking with you. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. You can, <laughs> then you can really let go of this need to die and realize that death is just a natural part of your psyche. There are aspects of you that are dying on a regular basis let it happen. And now I don't have that anymore because I understand it. It's so like knowledge is power, right? So understanding really where we are at in our journey, in our, you know, cycle of birth and cycle of death and all those things. It's so powerful. And talking about that, I want to say something about, you know, this giving up idea and and how we bring ourselves back. and, And it's always... Sometimes I feel like we're so hard in ourselves when it's like, oh, you know, we feel bad about giving up. You feel bad about not being the strongest, the most powerful, the most, you know, committed, decided, all the things. And and it's just to show that all of us give up a lot. All of us doubt a lot. All of us go through stuff every single day at all times. Yes. And that is fine. And I want to, you know, for everybody that's listening whether you truly resonate with, you know, Monique's story, or maybe you're on the other side of the spectrum and you're like, oh, wow, this gives me perspective about where I'm at. I think, you know, either in this story, you can feel like you're not the only one and it's totally, you know, a part of the story and it happens. And, or you're on the other side of, on the other side of the story and you can see and be grateful for what you have. Cause I feel like a lot of the times we only see what we don't. Um, what we don't have or, or what we want and the separation between what we have and what we don't. So it's important, you know, to understand, to to get a little bit of perspective about 
actually how many good things are happening yeah. and we're just you know caught up in, in 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 our just narrow picture of what we think is going on yes and on that i just moving a little bit into astrology so I am not an expert in astrology at all, but I love astrology. And I feel like everybody that is into astrology and works with astrology is like a soul connection. It's like yeah. you either came here with that knowledge and, you know, it was part of your path to work with it or you or you didn't. I feel like that's that's astrology. Mm-hmm. So if you can tell me a little bit about, I know a lot of people talk about, you know, Saturn return and there's any other big things about astrology. Yeah. I would love to hear a little bit more from you. Yes, absolutely. First, could you tell me your birthday? September 11, 1991. Oh, you're a Virgo. <laughs> of course you're a Virgo. Yes. Oh, I love, I'm a Virgo. I love Virgos. Hello. And I, I don't just love Virgos because I'm a Virgo. That's that. Mm. Of course, I, I, we should all love who we are and what we are. But the significance Absolutely. of Virgo is, is, is almost hard to understand, right? So I'm going to try to say this in the best way because I don't even really understand it. But we are we are within a, you know, there are all the constellations from Aries to Pisces. And we are, then, then this system is in the system of Virgo. So Virgo is the governing system of the system that we're in, which means that we are all here about healing and transmuting and perfecting our energy. That is the energy that governs the earth realm. When the Bible said that Jesus was born of a virgin, what's what's the symbol of Virgo? Oh, it's it's in a virgin. Yes, exactly. So Jesus was born of a Virgo. It's, it's this, the Christed consciousness is born of a Virgo. And what it means to be a virgin, it means that you don't belong to another human being. You belong to yourself and God only. It doesn't mean that you've not had sex. It means that you have not given your worldly power to another human being to sort of siphon from. It's a very energetic mm. conversation. Yes, because I remember in literally the words that you just said, I've said it before and I shared it on my social media so many times. I'm like, I I don't belong to anybody. It's like the weirdest thing. It's like the weirdest thing. I always say like, I don't belong to my parents. I don't belong to like any, like I'm, I'm completely disconnected from yeah. everything. It's like, the, it's, it's a weird feeling, but it makes so much sense. Thank you. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Absolutely. It's right. And and there's something significant for Virgo to be able to be sovereign. And because you can't, if you're too attached to anything, you're not sovereign and you can't do the work, the energetic work of being a Virgo, which is to perfect things, right? So Virgo energetically looks and says, this is yes, this is no. Virgo governs the lower intestines. And if you think about what the lower intestines does, it says the lower intestines go, this is nutritious. This goes to this organ. This is waste. This goes to this. So that's what we're up. That's a very vital role to be the, the, per, the energetic that says this stays and this goes. This will help us grow. This will keep us small. That's what Virgo is. And so that's why most people on the planet are Virgos. They're born in September. Because we are literally mm. here 
transmuting the energy of the earth realm into higher frequencies. That's the job of Virgo. And, um, and when we understand that, you can't belong to anyone because you'll be biased. Right. It's as simple as, it's how it goes. You'll just be biased. I know mm-hmm. that I, I will totally be biased. Like it's, so I have, I've trained myself to listen to spirit without a fault. Like things like, you know, should I take a shower? Or should I take a bath? Because I know that energy is everything. And the energy of a bath is different than the energy of a shower. And I don't judge it. I let it be. You know what I mean? I'm listening to the guidance from on high. So, um, so astrology. Astrology is, um, we all have natal charts, the time of our birth, where we were born, and the date. It, and it really is, it's a longitudinal, latitudinal, directional point of where the planets were at the time of your birth where you entered this system. You entered through your okay. mother's womb, but the planetary placements is is something that a universe is born when you enter the system, when you enter this reality. And then that universe is always there at what time you were born. And then what you do with those energies will determine how your life is or what your or what your story is because like I hear I love that you're saying the story because your natal chart is the map of your story oh I love that yeah fascinating I know so then it's just like um it's like um a cheat sheet yes it is exactly that allows you to like understand okay you have this this energy is navigating with you. So this is how to use them to your advantage to move through your story. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And is, it's, is um, Saturn return, you know, because I, I, this is one of the biggest things that I, that I hear when it comes to astrology, aside from the natal chart, of course, and understanding your sun and your moon and all the things. And your rising. um, And your rising. But when it comes to Saturn return, is it, that is a huge thing for everyone or not everybody or how does that come about? Yeah. So Saturn return is it happens between the age of 27 and 29, so to say, but really like 29 years old when your Saturn is, it takes Saturn 28 point half and a half years to go all around the chart and be where it was at the time that you were born. Saturn is the energy that rules the 3d reality, the earth realm. It's, it's cause and effect. It's as simple as that. That's all it is. Saturn is cause and effect. What you put out, you get back. And oh. here's the thing. We have lifetimes of that. So we are, when we're born, we're coming in on the cause and effect that we created from the last lifetime. Interesting. <laughs> yes. So for those of us, like for, I was born into a family where there was a lot of trauma and poverty. So what that tells me is that in my past life, I caused that kind of energy. I landed back in a situation Mm. that was something I caused in a past life. So I created, you you, you always live in the bed you make. You got to live in the, you got to sleep in the bed you make. (laughs) Right, exactly. Right. So it's, that's why it's important in our lifetimes to wake up to the, to become 
you know, quote unquote, enlightened and recognize love. So because love neutralizes these karmic things that we Mm. are creating and allows us to be more intentional. But love sees and does not do intentional harm (laughs) to others or or self. So love doesn't harm yourself. (laughs) Let's say it that way. Doesn't matter. Let's not talk about others. Let's just talk about because if if you harm yourself, you're going to harm others. Mm-hmm. Um. So Saturn's return is when the Saturn is at the place it was when you were born, and it's your cause and effect. It's but it it includes your family, right? So it's like because the family you're born into is the karma that you have inherited. Okay. And then based upon that, at 29 years old, then you get to see how are you going to be responsible for that karma? Because now you are no longer at 29. You It's like you break away and you start to grow your own branch on the family tree. Will you change okay. the family karma or will you keep it in alignment with how it's always been? You so know? it's like a decision for you to shift it or continue. Yes, that's right. That's right. Mm. That makes a lot more sense because I feel like I I had this idea when it comes to Saturn return that it was like everything just came crashing down and it was like this point in your life and like everything just hit the wall and you're, you know, and for me, I turned 29 last year in September and that's when I created the business that I have now. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was like this birth of this business that Mm -hmm. was a little bit, I was already a teacher and talking spirituality and, and Hinduism and things like that and things like that, but but it was not in this form, in the form that it is today. Mm-hmm. But it was never like this, you know, dramatic or huge change. It was more like a birth process of, of a business that yeah. I didn't know what it was, but it looks like this. So it's interesting to hear that, you know, that aligns more with what happened to me than than this idea that something, you know, came down. Yes, it doesn't. It's different for everyone, right? So my Saturn was in my first house and in the first house, that's the identity. So my mother died. So my, my, that she was my identity and she died when I was in my Saturn's return. So I had to give birth to a new identity based upon where my Saturn was placed. Everybody's different. Do you know your rising sign? Like the normal one, Virgo or no, the other one? Yes. The other one. I think it's Capricorn. Okay. Yeah. So if your rising is Capricorn, that means that your whole life, pretty much since 20, 2007, has been like a deep transformational process. So you're so young. You're you're 29 years old or you're 30? Yes, 29. Okay, so. great. And so 2007 puts it to like 14 years ago. And so you've been... I would have to look at your chart to see what's really going on. Right. But yeah, you've that's you've been doing the deep work for a long time if your rising sign is Capricorn. That's all I can say. Mm. You so, so <laughs> which feels right on right. point. So yeah, and which makes sense that you would be having this very advanced conversation about mysticism and spirituality at a young age because you've been in this conversation internally for years. But also if Capricorn is your rising sign that will put Aquarius in your second house and meaning that you you're in a value your work is what is being developed right now 
if if is if Aquarius is in your second house, it's you're developing work at this stage in your life that is associated to your value, your value, like what you believe, what you know about yourself, how you make money. All of that is the realm that you're in right now. Hmm. It's so fascinating, you know, how it's just, you know, that time, that birth, that energy can say so much. Like, mm-hmm. as you're saying, like nothing really happens by mistake. Yeah. As much as we would like to say, I think everything, you know, it's it's connected and, and it's it's and it's not connected to for, you know, it's happening to us, but it's like for us until we understand that, okay, how is this happening for me? Yeah. And that's when we really break through um the illusions of 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 what we think. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like one of the challenges to the spiritual evolutionary journey is just being raised in the West. You know, um, America is such a amusement park. It's a video mm. game. And everything is now, now, now. And, you know, nothing is sacred here. And so, so much of it is just waking up out of the... Disposable. Right, exactly. Nothing is sacred. It's just very disposable. That's right. So it's just like being able to wake up to the truth of what it means to be an American, which is why I so appreciated President Trump, because he woke us up as Mm -hmm. much as we, as people didn't like him and he showed us the belly of this country. And I appreciate that. Mm. It really, it really was uh, like a spiritual awakening collectively. Yeah. Or at least let me show you the truth. Let me like, all those things that have been like smooth out for so long and all of a sudden it's like, let's not, that that's not going to cut it anymore. Right. I feel like, you know, it awoken so many people that were, and including myself, that were just, you know, um, on a loop, on an automatic, very comfortable, let's not look at what we don't want to look at, which is hard to look at, but it's part of the spiritual part. Exactly. <laughs> it's part of the spiritual awakening. Yes. Absolutely. I agree. He was, he was, he was such a great teacher. I'm so grateful. And it was hard and it was ugly. And Absolutely. It was and dark and shadowy. And, you know, I understand the, um, the resistance to it. And it has- but it's, if, if we think about it, though, like understanding the resistance, it's like, what happens collectively happens individually. And it's the same thing. When something in our lives mm-hmm. reveals parts of ourselves or reveals things in our lives that we don't want to look at yeah. and we're faced with it, we hate the messenger. Yes. And we hate that it's happening. Yes. And then, but the moment again, when when we understand how is this happening for us, if we're able to get out of the narrow vision that we have yes. and start to understand the bigger picture, even be willing to see the bigger picture at some point, yeah. that you probably won't see it right then and there, but you know, which Australia, I guess, gives you that scoop yeah. of being able to see the bigger picture when all you can see is this relationship not working out and things not, you know, Yes, which talking about relationships it's really interesting to hear the the part that you're saying that you're not here to have a romantic relationship mm-hmm. and and how how does that come about when it comes when we talk about your free will like if yeah. it's something that you desire but it's something that was not in your chart how how does that work out 
Well, you know, everybody has to make peace with this on their own, right? Because True. I, what I have learned about astrology is if I get into my lane and follow the astrology, I'm going to feel fulfilled. Mm. I feel fulfilled. And that matters to me. And I love that. So where I used to really prize relationship and romantic relationship, I don't anymore. It just went away. Like that's how good the universe is or that's how good source is. That's just not the thing I desire anymore. Like now I desire when I'm think when I'm listening to my thoughts, I'm thinking, how can I create courses that help people heal? How can I do like these are the things that I'm driven towards now or before I was driven towards I want to be in love and who's my person I don't care about that anymore it just doesn't occur for me but I do care about friends and connection and sex I'm a woman right I I like sex right I want to connect absolutely I'm not saying that I wouldn't if a relationship showed up I would do it if it felt aligned but I'm not pursuing that as my primary um, mode of operating on the earth realm because that's not what calls me. But yes, I am open to love and open to connecting and those kinds of things. But that comes after my work mm -hmm. and my relationship with source is like, if somebody is like, okay, she's going to, she's going to be in the desert for three days and I'm not going to be able to talk to her and, and they get it. And I'll, by all means, <laughs> You know, and what gets me to exactly what you're saying, picking up on the energy, it's like a lot of the things that we think we want when we don't know anything else. Right. And then when we start to broaden the picture and understand who we are and our desires change mm -hmm. and what makes us fulfilled change. Yes. Changes too. So it's so interesting because as you say, you know, a lot of the times we think we want what society told us we we want yeah. a partner, a love, a car, a house, a family, like all these things. Yeah. I was even talking to my partner about this. We're so unconventional when it comes to our dreams. Like we don't want the baby, the house, the the, the car, the the pool, like it's just all these things, you know, yes. the degree, the corporation that everybody told you that that's what you needed to have or that's what you want. Right. And the moment you, you kind of break out of that illusion, you notice, as you say, maybe what you want is not even what you what you know. Like the surprising of the universe, how the universe can bring you things to you that you didn't even know you wanted. That's I think right. it's... A, a lot to do with like manifestation, how we manifest and we're so caught up in like a manifesting this book and this mm -hmm. book and this book. And it's in the surrendering into like, you have a feeling that you want to feel, let the universe bring you that in whatever way that may not be the way you think it's going to come. Oh my God. That has been the biggest part of my experience is understanding what I feel and asking the universe, like what would actually make me happy? What would mm -hmm. make me happy? I didn't know what would make me happy before. What would actually make me feel on purpose? What mm -hmm. would actually make me feel secure? What would I ask the universe these questions? I don't tell the universe what would make me feel secure. I ask because I am here in service to the universe. I am a conduit for God. There's a scripture in the Bible. It's, Jesus would say, when you see me, you see my father who has sent me. 
well, when you see me, you see the mother who has sent me. <laughs> and, and I also <laughs> understand that, mm-hmm. you know, the creator of all things was a, is, is a, is a divine goddess, you know, and not that, you know, people like to get into conversations about gender and this is not about gender at all. It's really not. But it, there is something to understand the role of the feminine. And if mm-hmm. we don't put the feminine in order that it is supposed to be, we can never really fully have our power the way it should function through us. If we are attempting to make the feminine submissive in some way, oppressed in some way, the feminine energies, the feminine, those of us who embody the feminine, then we are cutting off our power. Hmm. And Christianity does that. All of these organized religions make the feminine somehow lesser when the feminine is where everything comes from. So why the fuck would you make it lesser? Why wouldn't you put it on the platform the way you put the masculine on the platform? What when everything comes from the everything comes from the primordial force that is the feminine. I think it's something that you know we would like to be fixed or ordered so like because we can see it yes I but I also believe that it takes so much because it's just so impregnated in our in our consciousness Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that reorder that we just started especially you know talking about Trump and talking about this shifts of of coronavirus and all these things that are shaking up our consciousness is the initiation of this reorder of the feminine because I also think that what had been happened so far up to that point was that we were it it became like a fight between feminine and masculine and feminine and masculine and, and and that's also not that's not it. What we want. Right. It's not it. It's it's not, you know, who's more powerful. It's like how do we work together? How do we see each other for what it is? And that's the hard part because, you know, I see also talking to my partner about this, you know, he was saying there's so many now, so many groups for women to open to their spirituality, to do this kind of work. And there is not so much for men. I mean, it's just now coming into this idea of creating groups that are safe for them to speak in a feminine way, to express their femininity that they also have within their bodies. Mm-hmm. So I think that a lot of the times we also just kind of segregate those two feminine and masculine when we talk about gender and, the, and the, you know, the whole gender talk and, and these yeah. all different groups. I think it's it's more complicated than 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 the fixing, but it's not about the fight either i think it's about this union and this recognition and the knowledge of i think we just don't know how it works right yes i agree that we don't know how it works and it's not about gender and what i have discovered in my own journey is that if i can just get things in the order that nature puts them in Mm -hmm. and every every aspect is value but what we are doing currently to the feminine is why our energy is upside down this because women for the most part because this is so it's tricky when i say women because then that feels about gender right but energetically we are wired differently we have babies that is a real thing that is an undeniable power that men do not have 
And when you've not had a baby, you don't understand it because you have to, you got to go through it to understand how mystical and magical and powerful that energy is. And then not only are we having babies, but are the feminine, the subliminal subconscious of the feminine is what creates the reality. So what Mm. we think, so a baby comes out of us and then say, maybe this microphone that you're speaking into, Mm -hmm. whoever created that microphone, who they come from. Right. They came from a woman. Okay. Trump came from a woman. Barack came from a woman. Everybody comes from a woman. Everyone does. And there is something significant about that. And the fact that we don't recognize that that is our creative power. Mm -hmm. Women are creating all of the time. And when we are afraid and when we don't have confidence, we are creating from that place. This is why it's important for us to wake up to who we are so that we will stop creating out of scarcity. Like I, our unconscious and our unawareness is what's driving the world the way that it is now because we aren't in a position of power within ourselves. And when we go into the thing of like being victims, we create more victimization. We're not victims, we're creators. So it's such a powerful thing. Yeah, go ahead. This is how it's how I the other day I was talking to a girlfriend and she came into my house. She'd been in Hawaii. She'd been to Hawaii for like a month. And she came into my house and immediately I could smell it on her. I was like, oh, you met a man. <laughs> and I could, I'm intuitive. And, and she was like, yes, I did. And, but she, I could feel that she was in a thing. So she started to talk about it and she started to talk about it. And I could tell when in her talking about it, that it wasn't being what she wanted it to be. I was aware mm-hmm. of that. And so then I heard her say something. She was like, she said something like, I knew he wasn't going to call. She said that. She said it. And then she proceeds to tell the story about how he didn't call and how he didn't. And I, and I listened and I listened. And then I said, I said, I want to say this to you gently and lovingly. So do you, did you hear yourself say you knew he wasn't going to call? And she said, yes. I said, you created it. You created it. You, you, because you are the feminine, we are the creators of reality. Your subliminal subconscious programming created him being the way you believe men are. This is how powerful we are. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's just like, let's just sit on that for a moment. (laughs) What I was one, what I wanted to say before, it was the power of understanding that we are always creating. It's not just when we give birth. It's not just when we decide we're going to create. It's like all the time. Yes, all the time. Every thought is creative. Every feeling is creative. And I'm not saying this for people to be afraid because that's not what this is about. This is about recognizing that you're all, so this is how I came. I'm like, oh, I'm always creating. Yes, you're always creating. Oh, what do I do? Align to source. 
Exactly. The solution is source. A deep meditation practice, a Mm -hmm. ritual practice, so that you are creating an alignment with what your soul is fulfilled by. That's the only way to do it because you're going to be creating no matter what. Exactly. It's it's a huge responsibility. And I think even just seeing that kids, the the pattern of continuing to to create by victimization, it's just, you know, that's right. It's what we've seen. So, so much. Thank you, Monique, for for sharing all of this. Thank you for giving me a window into your world and, and sharing so deeply and so intentionally. And I believe there is so much in this episode to sit with. There's so much in this episode to just, you know, reflect and, and to really have a perspective about where we are and in, in this whole conversation. So one of the things that I always ask, you know, to wrap up the conversation, one of the things that I always ask, or most of the time, it's how do you, but I think we kind of cover that, but is there a difference, the spiritual practice and the human practice, is there a way that you merge it together? Do you see it as the same? Um, or is there kind of like a spirit human relationship? How do you, how do you bridge those two in your everyday life? So I feel like my answer to that is it's like the relationship between my higher self and my ego. Mm. And, um, and I'm constantly working with that. I'm constantly because my ego does not believe in herself. My ego is so wanting to be a victim all the time and wants to create scenarios where she just cannot get her needs met and nobody loves her. So I'm constantly working with that to help me. And how I do it is I use moon cycles. I have, I have, I'm a part of a practice where I give my ego, I allow my ego space. I have to, if I don't, it will come for me. So I let my ego speak. I, I dress my ego like I would, you know, a, if I had an, a being in my house who need, I would be like, okay, what do you need? What do you need to eat today? Mm-hmm. You know, like I honor my ego because the ego is necessary. And if I don't honor it, it'll destroy my life anyway. So yes, I do practices that help me align the relationship between my higher self and my ego. Yes. Day. When you say about that, I, I it reminds me of the shadow, like kind of talking to the shadow ego part mm-hmm. between the shadow and like the highest self that it's um, compassionate and understanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Is there anything else that you would like to share? Is there anything else that your heart is still wants to, you know, communicate anything to our listeners about astrology, about you, about, you know, a message that comes through? In, you know, with your connection with spirits mm-hmm. that anybody listening to conversation, um, you know, it's meant to hear. Yes, I would love to say that we are we are moving as human beings on the evolutionary track rapidly right now into the age of Aquarius. Our old systems are default. They do not work any longer. Mm-hmm. And I encourage people to use your astrology like you don't have to come to go find an astrologer and learn how to read your chart and learn what you're up to answer the call of your heart the universe will meet you you will not be alone you will not be alone i pro- you might feel like you are it might feel uncomfortable it's it's not always pleasant 
but it pays off better than anything else does in my perspective. So that's all I have to say. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. And I mean, after listening to this conversation, I'm sure a lot of us listening, including myself, want to get a chart with you. So um, where is the best place to listen and to be in your world and to get a reading from you and just kind of get into this Monique's, uh, Monique's world that it's oh, just so wonderful? Thank you. So I have a podcast also that's titled Forget Everything You Think You Know. Wow. And you can find that on iTunes and all of the podcast places. Um, And my website, MoniqueRuffin.com, is where you can go to book any sort of readings or anything like that. But you can follow me on IG. I do daily posts around the moon and astrology. And and, um, you can find me in, yeah, IG and Facebook. I'm in in those spaces. Thank you so much. I encourage everyone to get in your energy i mean i I feel you so deeply i am in your space thank you so much for allowing me thank you so much for coming into the podcast for sharing all of this with us i'm sure that you know it's it's just so much love in this conversation so thank you so much monique for opening up and for giving us you know the scoop into your life and for everybody listening i highly encourage you to come and you know visit monique in her website and and in her ig and just get in her world because you have so much to share monique thank you so 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 much thank you um and uh, and thank you everyone for listening and being part of this conversation even if it was uncomfortable for you even if it was a little bit different for you or if it's just what you wanted to hear i am so happy that you were here with us thank you so much have a lovely rest of whatever you are in the day or in the night and i'll talk to you very soon thank you thank you bye bye